May the force be with you is a phrase used to wish a person well to overcome a challenge. The invitation in this podcast, May the Life Force Be With You, is to explore what it means to truly feel alive, to appreciate the physical, emotional and spiritual connection to our energy, and finally to understand how this impacts who you are and all that you do. May this conversation inspire you to thrive. This episode of May the Life Force Be With You is brought to you by Moment Company and The Moment Pebble. The Moment Pebble is a beautiful, natural stone, light-guided breathing device and is a unique gift for someone who needs that gentle reminder to stop and take a break, to take moments throughout their busy day and to practice mindfulness. Just head over to momentcompany.co, that's momentcompany.co and enter the code LIFEFORCE at checkout to receive an exclusive 10% podcast discount. Hello and welcome to the latest episode of May the Life Force Be With You. Hello, Karila. Hi. And hello, Louise, our guest on today's show. Hello. Hello. And um, we have just come from a really interesting conversation. We always welcome our guests into the studio first and then we always deep dive straight into something really profound And today's profound conversation that we started with was around the beauty and often forgotten joy of a jacket potato that's done properly in the oven. A slow-cooked jacket potato. I mean, that is life most cooking right there. Exactly. And actually, Chinese medicine, this is the time to be slow cooking your jacket potato. I knew this was relevant. Well, I'd just like to say, if anybody wants to press pause right now and go and scrub a potato and stick it in the oven, by the time we get to the end of this, it, it, it might be pretty good. Pretty yeah, good. Right, yeah. <laughs> oh, I love a jacket potato. See, the, the, this episode, I, I, it could so be about the wonders that are jacket potatoes. <laughs> um, but I'm really, really excited to see... To, to find out where where this episode of May the Life Force Be With You goes, because Louise is an amazing, amazing Yin yoga teacher. I am. I I credit Louise keeping me sane and grounded most of this time of the year, in particular when um, things are really hectic in my life. Like Yin is my sanctuary, and it. It, it's such an amazing form of yoga. It's the form of yoga that I would say taught me what the true meaning of yoga is. And why I love Louise's class is because through her yin yoga um, journey, she started uh, to learn about living with the five element system of Chinese medicine, which, correct me if I'm wrong, Louise, but I feel like that, that system is all about how your life force meets the season and flows through you and um yeah Yeah, I mean you think life force the seasons nature it's all the same thing isn't it and nature and the energy of the seasons are changing all the time and it's about living mindfully with that and honoring that and honoring your own energy and knowing your own energy is not always going to be up all the time sometimes it's going to be down sometimes it's going to be inwards and it's honouring that and respecting it and going with the flow of it. Yeah. And so we're recording this in, um, in November. So we're definitely in the UK moving into jacket potato season. Jacket potato hibernation mode. <laughs> yeah. What kind of things like naturally do we want to do and what, what are some of the things we should be doing more of to protect our life force, I guess, or, or maximise our life force in this in this particular season? Because I'm not a winter person, I have to confess. <laughs> no, I, I agree. And there was a when I was younger, I always used to escape the winter. I always used to go away on big travelling trips in the winter and try and dodge it because <laughs> I don't really I'm like leaving. it. <laughs> Three weeks today, I'm leaving to Australia for four months. That's how oh, much okay. I you know I I used to do too and then I there's a part of me that goes well you know I have a bit of a theory that some of the dis-ease is caused because 
certainly even if you're saying in the winter not, these days we're eating summer you like you can go and buy summer in the supermarket you know like we we've stopped living seasonally and i'm like is this actually really bad <laughs> for our system especially if you're gonna be here you know like I confess I do not have jacket potatoes in my oven. I have watermelon in my fridge. That's got to be disruptive. Hmm. What, you mean going away when it's... What you you do when you're in the season here? Yeah. Yes. Like not being with the season, like just completely overriding the season. Yeah. And the the foods that you eat are not... um, well, they won't have been grown locally. They'll have been flown in from, probably from somewhere. And they won't be in their f- f- supreme life force. You know, when the, the quickest you eat a f- uh, fruit or vegetable from being picked, that's when it's got its most life force energy and you're taking that in. And if it's been, you know, grown in another country and flown over and it's out of season, it's out of balance um, with what your natural energy and what nature's energies is doing here, it, it's just, yeah, it's, it's it's not in integrity, I would say, with with what's going on with the the natural way of life, natural way of being. Um, and yes, it's great going away in the winter and having some sun. It's not that I don't do that, um, but for a good few years I didn't really experience a winter, and I just used to hate it. But through learning about Chinese medicine, I've learned to embrace it it doesn't mean that i love it (laughs) i still love the sunshine (laughs) um but i can see what what i really like about it it reminds you that there's a season for everything so our Mm. culture can be very geared towards what in chinese medicine would be called the spring energy the more um the growth the goals the better the buy more the do more the have more all of that and the constant striving And, you know, yes, in life we want to make changes and we want to have goals and we want to do things. That's normal. But it doesn't have to be all the time. Like we need a time for enjoying what we've created. We need a time for really realising what actually isn't serving us anymore and thinking about what we're letting go of, which is this time, the autumn time, when nature is releasing its leaves and everything's going down into the ground. It's our time for shedding and letting go and processing the year. And then there's a time for rest. We've got to have time for rest. And this, our culture, often rest is like the most advanced thing to do, advanced practice to do, just have a rest. It can be very easy just to keep going and doing all these more kind of dynamic forms of exercise and rushing from A to B and fitting things in, but actually pausing and just doing nothing having an afternoon nap. I'm a big fan of an afternoon nap. <laughs> um, you know, we, we need that. So it's about embracing what's nature, nature's doing and what doing what we're really feeling like doing. And, and actually autumn time, whilst our natural energy is wanting to slow down and starting to go more introverted, we're going to the yin time of the year now, um, we're often really busy in autumn time. <laughs> you know, we've had the holiday times of the summer and then there's the run-up to winter, the Christmas, um, and often this run-up to Christmas can be crazy busy um, and we can feel tired and then, of course, there's that imbalance and everyone starts to get ill um, because they're kind of getting worn out. <laughs> I love getting the sunshine to top us up as well that other important life force energy that we kind of take in a lot of the time we're we're in artificial light or or darkness which I guess has darkness has its place in rest and recovery but we just switch on now it helps us to go to bed earlier helps us to sleep a bit later but it is important like today here was a really sunny day so it's important when we do have sunny days like this to go out and you know, feel the sunshine, um, especially if you're a summer person and the winter makes you feel a bit, you know, because some people get a bit depressed over the dark months, don't they? So especially if you're like that, go out and feel the sunshine. It also helps you to sleep um, doing that. I love that you said about enjoying what we've created and what we've built because I went to a um, 
like an astrological historical place where like it's like an old farm where you know you like experience Saxon Britain and they do a food and a talk and you sleep in one of the houses and things like that like living history astrology event thing and one of the things that really I took away from that was they were explaining that you know, like I always perceive winter as being the time of lack and like the time where there isn't anything. And they were like, that for your ancestors was your uh, most abundant time because that's where you had, especially this side of the winter, is where you had all of the food you'd prepared all summer. It's like that's where you had your feast time, you know, and you had all of this supply. And actually the time where there's, there was the least amount of food for your ancestors, where there was the least abundance, was the springtime, which is what we're, you're saying we all aspire towards. And then it's like, in a way, no wonder we're in a set recession because we're not doing any of the, like, sit back and enjoy the abundance of creation of what you have and just sink into it, you know? Yeah. And also I think people make the mistake of thinking that um, to get things done and to have ideas, they have to be doing something. And actually it's often in the in the void, in the doing nothing, where your most inspired ideas come. You know, like when you go on holiday or you go on a retreat, saying all of a sudden you're like, oh, I've got these inspired thoughts because you're not like reading books and listening to podcasts and doing courses and like talking to people, trying to come up with ideas and doing things all the time. You're, you're just having rest, having space. And so that, you know, just because winter feels like nothing's happening, actually, if you think under the ground in winter, there's a lot going on. All the nutrients, everything's, all the seeds are like building, everything's like forming underneath the ground to then burst through in the springtime. So it's not like nothing's happening. Um, Everything is happening. Yeah. The future is happening. You know, there's a lovely saying I heard, which is that like everything is born in the dark. So if you want something new, if you don't have your dark time, how is it going to come in? Yeah. How is it even going to begin? Yeah. Fiona's now Everything was just... If everything was all just great and lovely and, you know, nothing bad happened to us, nothing would change, would it? And, like, the the dark times, as much as they're uncomfortable, that's often where we have the biggest breakthroughs, the biggest growth, the biggest shifts. Yeah, I do do think, you know, understanding the seasons is is really important. I I, I do get that. And listen, I lived in Canada, so I did my fair share of winter. Not like I haven't done winter. I think it was 115 consecutive days of below freezing I did when I lived in Toronto. So, but you know what? It's as Billy Connolly used to say, there's no bad, there's no, no such thing as bad weather, only bad choice of clothing. that's very true as long as you've got yourself all set for the winter it it was kind of beautiful having snow every day for like four or five months um but it's a different kind of living and a different kind of um relationship you have with nature when you get a message in the morning you know warning you if you're outside for more than nine minutes you'll get frostbite that's a whole different appreciation you have of what nature can bring And then, you know, I remember my first winter there when people would say to me, it's so hot and humid in the summer. And I could not get my head around how something so dry and cold can be hot and humid. And we're, you know, literally the snow left and the next day we were all on rooftops. And you're thinking, how how can this be the same place? But it's beautiful. It's beautiful. And I, you know, so I do, I do. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not giving winter a hard time. I do enjoy the seasons. I just happen to be more of a beach summer gal. <laughs> Me too. I am a fire baby. I find this why yin is so important to me because yeah. I I find my natural self doesn't resist dropping into the winter and resist finding mm. the beauty. And so mm. and and yin really helps is teaching me very slowly to go. 
actually there's real there's real magic here there's real beauty here there's real reward you know interestingly I think I first got into yin when I lived in Canada (laughs) because it was a warm studio so I'd get all my snow gear on and only have to walk 10 minutes around the corner and then I'm like oh I get a blanket as well as a warm studio (laughs) because at the time I was at the height of my about to be burnt outness so I had very little self-awareness I was drinking too much I was not in a great place but I was exercising all the time and I I got this thing where I don't like repetitive noise so people breathing in a yoga class used to like aggravate me so much but I found yin I could just relax into a lot more so that I think was when I actually had my first kind of relationship and with enjoying that and appreciating I just it just made me feel good and life stress. So for anybody that doesn't know what yin yoga is, Louise, can you give us just a little appreciation or understanding of what yin feels like in comparison to yoga? Basically very slow yoga. We hold poses generally three to five minutes and we hold them in a passive way. So that's, that's the kind of main difference. You hold the poses for time and you hold them in a passive way. So whereas you might be in another type of yoga, actively stretching or actively strengthening, you're engaging, you're putting in effort. With yin, you find your way just into the first bit of sensation and you just meet that, allow it and soften. Rather than going, I can reach further, I'm going to touch my toes and I'm going to and stretch. Like it's like... No, just listen. It's very. It's a real. It's a really good practice for learning to listen, mm. and really listening to yourself and strengthening your sense of interoception, which is the ability to be able to sense into what's going on in your body at any time. And that's, of course, very beneficial. Like, for example, if you feel like your energy is low, maybe you're starting to get ill, or maybe there might be an injury coming on, you can detect it quickly, so you can take care of yourself because you're so in tune with what's going on in your body and then of course the other side of that as well is if you can tell the sensations in your body any gut instincts you have you'll notice because you know when something we get some news or we get an opportunity or we meet someone our body creates a flicker a reaction like oh I want to know this person or oh I don't feel quite right about them or oh I don't think I want to do that or yes I'm excited about that and We get that in an instant, and that's our truth. But then, of course, the mind kicks in, and the mind's like, oh, no, but don't be so stupid. You should do it anyway. And, oh, but they seem nice and blah, blah, blah. And you can easily talk yourself out of things. But if you can really listen to your instincts, and the instincts are spoken through the body, the body's wisdom, our inner wisdoms, is spoken through sensations in the body, not generally the mind. So if we can really learn to listen to our body and what's, happening in our body um that could be our guide love that permission as well of like actually maybe you don't have to go to your edge yeah it's you like the, the yoga of doing less <laughs> one one you know like so much of society is orientated around pushing forward and pushing is actually one of the ways that we lose life force energy. You know, it costs us life force energy to push forward. And um, I think I know you too well enough to say that, like, you guys are like me and are natural <laughs> people that, like, push. Um, yeah. Kind of evolving and developing and, you know, in a way, I think summer people are like that. That's why we like summer, because it's like, oh, I can be yeah. like so. <laughs> Go out and push, and then it's like, but that permission just to be like, actually, maybe you don't have to go to your edge. Maybe there's Um, something for you when you're not reaching your toes. Yeah, when you're just not pushing. Who are you? Yeah, yeah, completely. That's how I got into Yin Yoga because I'm naturally very Yang. My in its Chinese elements, um, I'm my strongest character is a wood character which is springtime. It's all about having a vision and goals and more, better, do, like upward energy. And uh, so when I was living in London, all the yoga, all the exercise, everything I was doing was yang. It was like dynamic hot yoga. I was (laughs) going out clubbing. I was running other businesses. I was like doing all sorts of things. 
And then when I moved to Brighton, I started having a yoga mentor and I had all these injuries going on and stuff was happening. And I was still like, yeah, I can. So I was like, I'm going to get a yoga mentor and she's going to help me do it better. And like, <laughs> she was like, you're way out of balance. Like everything you're doing is yang and you need to find balance. And that's, I think, is probably my one of my biggest life lessons, finding balance. And that's when yin came into my life. And then I learned, because I'm so impatient naturally. I just want to do everything really quickly. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, I still can do that. But the yin has helped me to, like, catch myself when I'm being like that and go, just stop, just walk slowly, just pause, just sit on this bench, take in the view. <laughs> like, it's just helped me to remember the balance, find the balance. So, you know, because we, like I said, our culture favours the yang, but actually being and just resting and just yeah, not having anything particular to do is equally as important. And that's where you get your energy from, finding the balance if you're yang 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 then you're going to burn out and actually we're coming into the winter time which is the time to look after our kidney energy that's the water element and the kidneys are our source of yin and yang energy wow. we have two kidneys and um but what tends to happen is by the time we get to winter our yin side of the kidneys is depleted so winter is the time to nourish the yin and this, a sign when you need to nourish your kidney energy is when you feel like your batteries are so low, like you're running on empty. And even if you have a good night's sleep, you still feel exhausted. That's the time. And the, the kidneys are like our foundational chi in Chinese medicine. They store our, what's called our jing, which is a pot of energy that we're born in. It holds our ancestral energy, our DNA, our like seed of what we're supposed to be growing into in life. Like how how does an acorn know to grow into an oak tree? That's our kind of like blueprint is stored in our kidney chain. We have this pot of energy. The idea is that we look after it through our lifetime because when it's gone, that's when we're gone. So we need to look after this pot of energy. I have to say that we were literally just doing the last podcast we did. The conversation talked about whether or not you could inherit life force energy from your ancestors. And I so know. That is just like, that's why I went, oh, because it's like the, this ancient form of medicine completely recognizes that. Yeah. As, as like one of the central, you know, like there's only, there's only five, right, in the Chinese medicine? Five elements, yeah, yeah. yeah. Water, so, so like This is where you look after the ancestral energy that you have inherited. Yes. <laughs> yes, yeah. And you need to look after it because the jing, this pot of jing that is stored in your lower back. It's not a pot of jing. So any, just to be not clear. Not a pot of jing. Well, they're not jing. Okay. <laughs> jing. Jing with a J, with a G. If you live yes, in my ancestor in you speaking up. Um, so Jing, this pot of Jing that you look after, and it gets depleted by um, overworking, punishing exercise routines late at night, being on your computer late at night, alcohol, drugs, caffeine, <laughs> too much sugar. That's me. Not enough sleep. <laughs> too much sex <laughs> all these things can really deplete and really icy cold drinks so the kidneys hate to be cold so we're talking about being warm and like you know wrapping up um in the winter time it's really important to keep your lower back warm and you know wear scarves and socks and everything your kidneys need to be a potato in the oven exactly <laughs> well that's why so going back to the jack of potato <laughs> Now is the time to be slow cooking food because that gets the heat in it. So slow cooked soups. I slow cook my porridge. I slow cook the jacket potato, like because it gets the warmth in it. Because you want to get the warmth into your body. And a really lovely thing to do if you're a cold, if you're a cold person, that make that's something to look at with with kidney energy. And something that's really lovely to do to get the warmth into your body is you make a ginger foot bath. So you get a big pan mm. on your hob and you grate loads of ginger in and then you kind of like bring it to the ball and then simmer it so it's it all it gets really, really gingery. And then you put like a, a, a basin to put your feet in 
because it's so relaxing. You can hardly walk after it. But you put your feet in it and all the warmth from the ginger just goes right into your body. And you just, yeah, just sit however long it is until it gets cool and then just go to bed. And it's just, you get all oh, yeah. warm. And- I'm going to get my mum to do that one. She'll absolutely love that. Yeah. Ginger bath. Ginger Ooh. foot bath. Ginger foot bath. That sounds amazing. It is amazing. I mean, when I ginger is amazing. When I, like I had a shaman that used to come on some of the like journeys that I used to run, and she once did this ginger ceremony where like she was like, you chop up the ginger, you pray on the ginger, and then you put the ginger all over you, including in your eyes. Oh, rub yourself in ginger. You squeeze ginger into your eyes. You put it in your private part, and like the clearing that comes up. Like, it's the most amazing because, you you know, all of us were like, oh, my God, why are we doing this? <laughs> like, I don't know if I'm more scared of ginger in my vagina or ginger in my eyes. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> Actually, it's like all this anger and stuff clears out of Maya. you. And it's like this heat, but it's like the most warm, loving heat that, like, passes through you. And then afterwards, you feel so clear. It's like something, the ginger light removes, like you say, the coldness, but also in your emotional coldness, you know? Like everybody's eyes were so bright and, yeah, it was amazing. I am literally like, I need to go after this and get some ginger. (laughs) Because, like, if that foot thing gives me the same feeling as the because I'm quite a cold person in terms of, like, poor circulation. Yeah, yeah. One of the reasons I really struggle with winter is I'm cold all the time. Um, And so if that ginger gives me some of what that ginger ceremony did, I am in. Yeah, it's it's really good. (laughs) The other thing interesting about the kidneys and winter is that each element has an emotion associated with it, and the kidneys, um, when out of balance, the emotion is fear. And um, so any if you're fearful of anything, then that's to do with the kidneys. And if you think about it, a lot of the time we keep busy so we don't face our fears. But when you stop, like in the winter or in the if there's a great book called Wintering. Like I think it's is it Catherine May? She talks she she calls it wintering when sometimes in your life you're forced to stop. It might not be winter, but it might be because you've got ill or had an injury or something's happened and you're forced to stop. And it's in that when you're for, when you're st- when you're still, often that's when the fears come up. It's like in the middle of the night. If you wake up at night, the fears come up. Don't and that's the winter. That each day has a season as well, and nighttime is the winter. And if you wake up in the middle of the night, often the fears come up, don't they? Um, and it's about winter is about a time of allowing this stillness and facing fears. And trusting that you have all the wisdom that you know within you to how to deal with the fears and to be able to face face that fear. And uh, there's a story with Buddha about how he turned to as this kind of energy called Mara, which was like throwing all the Buddha's fears and all these distractions at him to try and stop him from getting enlightened. And he eventually turned around and invited him to have a cup of tea. And uh, it said, Mara, would you like to sit down and have a cup of tea with me? And that's what winter's like. It's like sitting down and just having a cup of tea with your fears and having a chat and like working out, well, you know, you know deep within you what you need to do about it and actually facing it and doing something about it. And you know, there's that, you know, that's one thing that gives me energy. If I, I know if I'm scared of doing something, that's like on the verge of a breakthrough. And if I'm, if I can just do it anyway, that old quote, fear the fear and do it anyway, you do it anyway. The energy you get from doing it is amazing. I am, I'm, I'm still obsessed about all the things we can do with ginger. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to, I wanted to go back to um <laughs> I wanted to go back when when you were talking about yin just to reflect back on that for a second and um, cuz you said something really lovely which um I took my, from from what you said about um how you take those moments off the mat effectively so it's not about being 
the, the, the stretching, it's how, or touching your edge, it's how then you translate that into moments when you're not on yeah. the mat. And it just makes you more mindful. So would you say that, that yin is basically a mindful practice? It is more about the mind. And the more that we do these physical things and these physical moments of rest, mm. they actually translate into a more mindful way of being when we're not on the mat. Because I, 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 I believe that when we can crack mindfulness as a, as just a, that's just the way I am. Mm. That's pretty powerful. So that's yeah. how I translated that when you, you said that, it, that it's really a practice for the mind. Yeah. yeah, well, yoga, I think yoga actually begins once you've left the mat. So mm. when you're on the mat, you're practicing. And then when you're out in everyday life, that, that's when the real yoga begins, when you're challenged. But yin, so something with yin, so we talk about yin being soft and slow and gentle. It can actually be very intense because with yin yoga, we are accessing the connective tissue and the parts of the connective tissue in the body that has more collagen in it that's denser. So that's where the edge is, where we meet the resistance. And it might be because we're holding some tension from other exercise or from a movement pattern, or maybe if we're sat at a computer a lot and our shoulders are rounded, we're kind of stuck with you know rounded shoulders, or maybe our hips are a bit tense. So sometimes, especially the hip poses, because we can hold a lot of emotions and stuff in our hips then it's not necessarily a restorative practice sometimes the hip poses can be really intense and so I always make sure you know to first of all distinguish is this painful do I need to back out of it and be kind to myself or can I be with the strong sensation for a bit because if it's sometimes the sensations are strong in a yin pose and it's and with mindfulness, we kind of look at a lessening of judging, a lessening of labeling, oh, this is good, that's bad, and a lessening of reacting to it immediately. So you kind of learn to sit with it and notice the sensations as they build and maybe they pass and then they come and go. And you notice what the mind is doing, like the mind is like, oh, I really want to itch my head or I really want to look at the clock or I really want to come out of this. And you watch that, you practice observing rather than just backing off out. And actually what I found in the rest of life, when I've had unexpected, horrible situations or shocks, rather than going straight into reactivity, I mean, this not to say that doesn't happen sometimes, but a lot of the time I'm able to notice my reaction in my body and be like, oh, okay, and then be able to sit. they have more space spaciousness around it rather than going into catastrophizing or getting angry or whatever it is I can like say okay so this is a strong sensation at the moment this is a strong situation in my life but I know it will pass because everything will pass and I know that I can do it you know you kind of it just gives you more space around the situations in life which is what mindfulness does it's a mindfulness practice it really is quite linked with the buddhist practice of vipassana um which means insight and uh, with vipassana you mm. sit for an hour without moving and you scan your body from the top of your head to the toes and then back again and um sometimes it gets really uncomfortable because you're sat cross-legged for an hour and then sometimes it gets really blissful and the idea is from the teachings of buddha that our, our suffering comes from either resisting what's happening in the moment. So when we're feeling something uncomfortable, we're like, oh, shouldn't be like this. I want to get out of this. All those resisting thoughts and feelings that come up or craving what you don't have in the moment and craving, you know, craving is such a distraction, isn't it? You know, we're, we're so bombarded with so many distractions with, you know, with social media and adverts and, other people doing other things and other courses to do and other things to get. And like, it's so easy to be feeling like you need to be doing something else than what you're doing right now. And just being able to notice when you're either in resistance or craving and be able to just see it for what it is and just be, bring yourself back into the moment, into this kind of more spaciousness. I think that's where the energy can come in. Like we talk about life force energy. That's when your energy comes in. It's interesting because the analogy hot potato is coming to me. <laughs> like, clearly, I want a baked potato tonight. But it's like, I reckon they're not burning. 
like, you know, like in a way, like it's like the craving, the the fears, all of that, that noise is like a hot potato that you don't know how to hold. And it's like yin and the mindfulness helps you to hold this hot potato of jing energy so yeah. that when you hold it, it can then warm you, charge you, serve you, as opposed to you like throwing off, <laughs> throwing this energy around. Yeah, if you think about it. We give so much energy away when we're either resisting something or we're wishing we were in another place, another, we're craving something. That's so much energy that you give away. Yeah. Rather than just being in, you know, the most loveliest times, aren't they, when you're just so immersed in the moment, whether you're swimming in the sea or out in nature somewhere or dancing on a dance floor or in a yoga, you know, there's those times when you're in the moment, that's when you have the energy, (laughs) isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Are there any other, um, touching on the uh, Chinese medicine and the different parts of the body, um, are there any other elements or, or parts of the body that we should focus on in winter that we should give extra life force love to? Well, the idea with Chinese medicine is each season has a different element to nourish. Mm -hmm. And if you focus on that season, on nourishing that element, then you'll be ready for the next season and the next season and the next season. So if you allow yourself to rest in the winter and you allow yourself to have this quiet time of contemplation and reflection, when the spring starts to rise, which you normally start to get and in Chinese medicine, there's not a date. It's not like the equinox and, you know, mm. the, the solstices and things like that. It's like when you feel nature shifting. So often yeah. spring... So the first snowdrop or the first daffodils. Yeah, it's the spring, so the, the winter energy is an inward energy and the, the spring energy is a strong upward burst because the, the bulbs and things have to burst up out of the ground. And um, it's normally around kind of end of February time, beginning of March, we start, it's starting to get a little bit lighter and we start to see snowdrops and things. That's actually when Chinese New Year is at the end of February. Um, and, you know, us, us English people think by the 1st of January, we need to have our goals all set out and our plan for the year. I mean, most of the time it gets to 1st of January and I'm exhausted. I can't even think what I want for the year. <laughs> I mean, like the when January is really the time to be resting, not going on a diet not right. suddenly going to the gym not juicing not just it's about eating jacket potatoes <laughs> resting okay. being quiet journaling and then once the energy of nature starts to rise up that's the time to start planning so the wood element in spring is the liver and the gallbladder and the liver is the time that's when we want to be detoxing so that's when we'd start to do detoxes and we'd start to maybe have lemon in the morning and start shifting from jacket potatoes and soups and things to like lots of greens and more stiffness. Ancestral thing of the spring was when you had the least food because your supplies running out. And so it's very convenient time for the body to do a fast because you don't have very much. There is a very nature. So it's completely the right time for fasting. Yeah, yeah. So the the, uh, the the liver is all about having a vision for your life, a purpose for your life, really getting organised. It's the time to be making lists and putting plans in place. Um, and if that's stopped, if you, for, for whatever reason, you can't be doing what you want to do, then the feeling associated with the liver is anger. So mm. like all the feelings around anger, stuck, frustrated, resentful, angry, all that. And then if it gets beyond that anger, then it can be depression and you can feel stuck, very stuck and can't see the wood for the trees, if you like. That's the So there's the wood element and then there's the summer, which is fire, and that's the heart energy and that's the outward energy. That's the most social time. That's the time for being in action but also having fun and connecting and joyful music, dancing, all of that connection. Um, And then they actually have another season. So we think of four seasons no, but I think five as well, actually. So I'm interested about so this. September, 
you know, we have all the fullness of the summer. And then even if we don't have children in our life, the beginning of September has that back to school feeling. And this because the summer, our routines often go out of place. And we, we just, you know, we're more spontaneous and we'll stay out late and all these things. It comes to September and it's a bit, it's earth element. It's about coming home to yourself, self-care, nurturing. Okay, what do I need? How am I doing now? How's the year going so far? What what do I need to do to nourish myself after the summer? What do I need to do before the depths of the winter? Like it's like a, re, a re-centering time, the earth element. And then we... Harvest it's the time. Harvest, which I think is its own season. Yeah. You know? Five makes far more sense to me than yeah. four in terms of the earth. Um, and it's interesting because, in like when you do goddess magic and womb magic and cycle magic, the model I work with is five. And because it includes the harvest and yeah. the winter time, the yin time is really important because it's actually in the stillness that the cycle changes direction and starts again. It's like, yeah, you know, that's where you go from the crone and the grandmother and the death process. And she then goes into the archetype of the midnight goddess. Hmm. And the midnight goddess archetype is the one that you just have so well described of like facing your fears and being able to, you know, like transcend even death, even, you know, like the hardship, the illness, the dis, everything. She's the the Kali force that can transcend everything and become the maiden again. So like she goes from being old to young in the winter. Mm. And it's like and, an ending and a beginning, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's like the rebirth moment. And it, it's like really interesting to me because I feel like the Chinese medicine model really honors that that you know the four I had this thing about the four from my guides that was like the equinoxes and the solstices they are the seasons of the light they do not describe the seasons of the earth yeah yeah the earth just what the sun is doing isn't it the the seasons of the earth Mm -hmm. are like in bulk beltane the harvest and like to me, the, this Chinese medicine model is also describing those seasons of the earth, not not what the light is doing as the planet moves, you know? Yeah. And I feel like for life force energy, the supply of our life force energy doesn't come from the light, it comes from the earth. You could maybe argue differently, there's prana in the sun, we all feel yeah. good. But in terms of sustaining our life force energy, we need to ride the season and the cycle of the earth. Yeah. Well, we're part of it, aren't we? We're living yeah. on this earth. So we're, we're part, I mean, we get the, we do get the energy from the light, the sun, but, but we also get the energy from the earth and we're living on this earth and we're, we're eating from this earth. <laughs> so yeah, absolutely. So yeah, it's just really interesting to me that, that fight, that, that five it's almost like it's so western of us to go let's squeeze it into four yeah and then we wonder why we're too tight and we wonder why we're it's like when you break the year up into those five seasons it's much easier to to be with the earth or for me it is to go okay this is the harvest season this yeah. is the winter season yeah you know, like for me i've stopped perceiving january as the start of the year I perceive it as the end of the old year or the yeah, bridge, yeah. the time from from the new year to in bulk or Chinese new year to me is like the bridge time yes when the old it's year the is, yeah it's like when you're letting go of the old year and it's dying and and then the new year begins for me at the same time as the Chinese just so depends when you live on the equator Los Angeles, because the weather was the same every day. <laughs> the tundra. So how do how how do you know people in those areas or or tribes or indigenous peoples? How have they lived when they don't have seasons? Do you still have? I guess. Seasons? I mean, I'm just guessing this because I don't know the answer to that. But I guess you 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 live with whatever is going on with you. Um, where you're living and also I would suggest that maybe you look to more like the moon cycles maybe um 
So I know, for example, in terms of like looking at menstruality cycles, you know, we have the seasons in our as a woman in our month. Um, but when you go past menopause and you're not having the bleed anymore, the recommendation is then to you still have the seasons, the feelings of the spring and the summer. And but you might maybe look more to the moon or just notice how your energy is changing. Maybe you, you know, there's got that. I can't imagine in a place where it's always sunny, you're not going to ever not feel tired. So you, much- you said earlier that, that there's all the seasons are in a day anyway. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, because you have the the spring in the morning, don't you? In the middle of the day is the summer, and then as you you know we're you know we're just transitioning now for the autumn of the day into the winter, and the night times the winter. So the energies are always changing in the day, in the month, in the year. So whether it's sunny, it, it just might you know just means their diet will be different, and I guess different type I don't know <laughs> different types of energy but it's, basically it's about honoring your energy isn't it and listening to your energy and when you feel when you've got energy embracing it but when you're feeling tired allowing yourself to you know this people think feeling tired's a bad thing but actually if you feel tired just allow it have a rest have a nap and then you'll get your energy back. Your energy will always rebalance. I, when I run my yin courses, it's really interesting because we do four days of nonstop yin. And I say to people, don't do any other types of Don't do anything yang in these four days and see what happens when you allow yourself to go fully yin. And I've done this before when I've been on courses myself. And it's so interesting. Like when I've done it, it's like the journey is to go deeply tired and be in the yin poses, just nodding off and like making it home and going to bed and really sleeping soundly. But then by the end, the yang naturally rebalances. And all I want to do is go out dancing and just go out and do something really yang because my energy's rebalanced itself. But it's, and again, talking about looking after your life force energy, it's when you're trying to force your energy that you're not going to, the life force gets drained, your energy will naturally rebalance. So if you're feeling tired, slow down, rest, let the energy naturally rebalance, and then you will, because you have all the energy you need to do all the things you want to do. You just have to like listen to your energy and allow it to be, again, that's the yin way, just allow it to be as it is and not force. I love the idea of perceiving your day with those seasons. Mm. I'm like, whoa, like... Time's so simple, right? It makes sense. working late at night, like, get up early, like, follow the seasons of the day and see how you... Because I feel like when I naturally do that, like, if I wake up early and I start my day, like, and I have that in my day, there is a, like, natural current that I'm then upon, Whereas, like, if you wake up late and you miss that morning, then for me, I'm always so out of joint the rest of the day because I think yeah. it's spring. Yeah. And also, I'll just say on the LA thing, before modern technology, <laughs> it was very hard. I know some humans did it, but actually humans don't thrive that easily in, in desert or sun time. You know, like, if we go back... Before yeah. we have technology creating air conditioning and stuff for us, the hardest place on earth to live for humans and to thrive as opposed to just survive yeah. is the There's least reasonable rules. part of the planet. And the places where there was thriving was the, the places that were best for thriving were more seasonal places. Mm. And 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 so it's not to say everybody in LA should move to to the wonderful weather of the UK. It's just it rained twice in the two years I lived there, and everybody went crazy. They didn't know how to drive their car because they didn't know how to use windscreen wipers, and these people were showing up to work in welly boots, and and we're going. It's literally been a millimeter of rain outside. We're so excited because something had happened. So there there is something obviously that happens when you, you you can sense that season. So yeah, I mean it's not like extreme desert, but <laughs> so that was my experience of 
of LA. But yeah, I understand what you're saying, Karela. Like the, the, it's barren land often there, right? It's not abundant land. It's not rich and nourishing. So wouldn't no. it be a natural place to to say there are obviously pockets of it, but all the almonds in the world are artificially pumped with water every day <laughs> to grow in that region. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's an interesting one. But speaking of food... <laughs> Let's come full circle again, because I cannot believe our time has flown by yet again. What a fun, what a great conversation. I've learned so much. We need to go get a ginger um, bath, a foot bath. <laughs> My kidneys. Um, obsessed with the, the yin and the growing of the ancestral uh, pot. But one last question. I know Karila's going to have her last question, as she always does. But I have one really important question, which I think... I speak for everybody listening um, when I ask this. What are you having on your jacket potato? I knew you were going to ask. I knew you were going to ask that. I think I'm going to have tuna mayo and cheese. Oh. Do you put the tuna? The other option is baked beans and cheese. Because that's what my stepdaughter is going to be having. But I think I'm going to have tuna mayo and cheese. No, I... Camilla, hang on, hang on. One follow-up question from that, because your first combo before my vegetarian days would have been a a combo I would have went for, except for one thing. It has to be in a specific order. What order do you put the mayo in? Cheese first. Correct. That's all I needed to know. Got to melt. Even with the baked beans and cheese, the cheese has got got to go first. I like to double cheese, like cheese, beans, then cheese. Oh, yes. Okay. (laughs) I like that. I have to say this because I have a friend from Portugal who listens to this podcast and we laughed about this. We did a camping weekend, she was doing the food, and I was like, We'll do jacket potatoes. And they don't do jacket potatoes in Portugal. And she's like, What? Which people are so obsessed with jacket potatoes. And I was like, You don't understand. And she was like, No, I don't. It's like not a fun way to do a potato. This podcast now just proves that we, as the UK, are truly obsessed with jacket potatoes. <laughs> Yin and the jacket potato. There definitely has to be a potato in there, doesn't there? <laughs> Potatoes, potatoes. I'm writing my notes now. Um, <laughs> but yes, on that note, Karila, over to you for your question. I would like to, firstly, I would like to say thank you so much. I feel, like Fiona said, I've I've got so many takeaways from this that like are so helpful and I'm literally going to run out and buy ginger. So thank you so much. And I feel so alive because of this and hungry because of this conversation. Um, but I'd like to ask you who you think we should interview next. Oh, Oh gosh, that's a good thing. <laughs> Who should you interview next? Um, or around a topic that you think. Or some, somebody in the field that might be interesting. To well, speak. there's a, a, another yoga teacher that I know called Kirsty Norton. I think and I know she, um, She's like this amazing kind of medicine woman, priestess kind of like does lots of kind of energy work and works with plants and essential oils. And she would have a lot to talk about life force. Amazing. Kirsty Norton. Well, on that note, on that hot potato, um, (laughs) thank you again, Louise. It's been such a joy to meet you. And thank you for joining us in our conversation. Thank you. um, Thanks for having me. Yeah, and we'll share your details with with everyone to learn more about your great work. But um, yeah, may the life force be with you. Thank you. Be with you. (laughs) Bye. We hope this conversation has topped up your life force energy. If it has, then please help us spread the life force. Like, share, subscribe, all of that. (laughs) And may the life force be with all of us.